Hello and welcome to the Raw Podcast. I'm your host James Copley from the Sunderland Echo and I'm joined today by Michael Bowers and Daniel Stokel. Daniel is from the podcast Speak SAFC. Michael, why don't you introduce yourself? Because to be honest, I'm not really sure which sort of publication you work for at the moment. You're across that many different ones. I'll just say I'm on my own channel and just appear here, there and everywhere to anyone who's willing to listen to my dulcet tones. That's it, really. <laughs> Excellent. Dan, how are you doing? All right, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Um, yeah, a bit a bit tired given the events of the, the past 40 If you hours. remove football, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is difficult in my line of work, I must admit. But we'll dive straight, straight into it. Uh, Alex Neal is, well... I'd say no longer Sunderland head coach. I guess he, he technically is until he's announced by Stoke, which could be any minute now. But to all intents and purposes, he has gone to Stoke. He was at the Blackburn game yesterday as Stoke. Seems he's all in. but Stoke manager, isn't he? All yeah, but officially there. He wasn't at the Sunderland game um, against Norwich at the Stadium of Light, which is quite telling. Uh, this podcast, we're, we may focus um, on some potential successes later in the podcast, but I want to I want to talk about our feelings towards Alex Neil, uh, because as of about 48 hours ago, Michael, he probably couldn't <coughs> do um, much wrong in the eyes of Sunderland fans. However, events have developed and the mood around Alex Neil seems to have soured significantly. Um, I know yourself as a, a diehard Sunderland fan, uh, not very happy with um, with Alex Neil and what's transpired in the past couple of uh, couple of hours. No, definitely not, and it just goes to show how football can change like that in very, very, very quick succession. Um, I will say that I think that the club aren't. I mean, it depends until the full facts become out of the club. Then it's hard for me to say the club are completely blameless because. Um, but if you look at what Speakman said on Sky Sports yesterday, that apparently Alex Neal had a new contract that was signed or it was in the works four weeks ago. And I can't think of any reason why Speakman, for, for all Speakman's faults, and he has made mistakes, I can't see why you would make something like that up on, on a Sky broadcast when you've got millions upon millions of people watching it. That's But we said, I said before, coming on, that's basically committing professional suicide. That's basically what it would do to his own reputation. So there's got to be some truth in it, I would think. Um, for me, I think... He's completely for me. Every I'm, I've got a level of appreciation for the fact that he had got us promoted and finally got us out of League One. But for me, that was all completely undone by the way that he left the club and when he left the club and the manner in which he left the club, which for me does not sit right. For him to come out a few weeks ago and subtly have a little dig at Nathan Broadhead when he went to Wigan and said that he wants players who um, apparently would just want to come and fight for the shirt here, want to actually be part of the process and part of the project. Um, now, if I'm wrong on that, I'll hold my hands up. That's not James's view of the Sunday, because that's just me stating what I've seen. Um, then, from, And then for him to then say, oh, we've got a real together, squad togetherness, which he said a week ago before the Stoke game last week. For them to then turn around and do a 180 and to leave the players 24 hours before a massive game and to basically leave the club under the bus, in my opinion, is a distinct lack of class, is a distinct lack of respect. He's let everyone down. He's let the club down, the players down. Uh, the fans down. And I'll say it this way. I've got a friend who works at the Foundation of Light and um, he interviewed Alex Neal, uh, obviously as part of the, the, you know, when the fixtures come out, the fixture breakfast sort of event that they, that they would do. And apparently he said, now this might not be true, so this is just what I'm saying, so you can take my word for it, decide if I'm talking rubbish. But what he said, what he apparently said was, this is a long process, it's a project, we understand where we are at, we've just come up from League One for four years, after four years there, stick with us. Now, to then do a 180 and leave, for me, really boiled my blood and really did not sit right with me at all. 
Now, maybe I'm, I don't know if I'm pinning everything on Alex Neal, which might be fair or unfair. That's entirely your opinion, as long as you're respectful with it. But for me, I think that it's just it, the lack of class around the whole picture has just really got me angry. And it's it's made me really annoyed at him. I mean, obviously, we won't repeat it on air. But if you look at the chance of some of the fans yesterday, I think a lot of them seem to feel seem to feel the same way that I do, that Alex Neal let us down. And in my own opinion... I can't think of any reason apart from his own wage packet. Why would you go to Stoke? If he was frustrated at not being backed, one, he should have left in the summer, but he didn't leave. And in my opinion, he didn't leave because there was no other job available. The second Stoke come calling, he couldn't wait to get out. And Stoke, uh, correct me if I'm, actually, James, you might know, have Stoke got financial problems in terms of not transfer embargoes, but struggle to spend money on players? Or am I making that up? Yeah, they have had some issues. They've been they've been relying a lot on loans, um, hence Dwight Gale. But I think from from my understanding, Alex Neal would look at that squad and he really rates experience, which obviously some that's something that Sunderland haven't really prioritized in the transfer market, barring maybe uh, Pritchard, Bath and Corey Evans in recent times. I'm I'm told Alex Neal is a fan of experience. He sees that. Stoke squad as experienced. Um, there's a lot of firepower there as well. Squad depth is something he really values. Um, so Stoke squad seems a bit more of an Alex Neal fit. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have had financial fair play problems. But if reports are accurate, they're prepared to double or triple Alex Neal's uh, salary at Sunderland. So Dan, what are your sort of thoughts on Alex Neal? I, I want to get where people sit on this sort of... It seems to have become a bit of a culture war, like everything on social media. It's almost like it's either the board's fault or it's Alex Neal's fault. We know that it's probably, the truth's probably somewhere in, in the middle, but where do you sit on that sort of divide at the moment? Um, based on the, the Christian Speakman interview yesterday, I would probably lean towards a 60-40 split in terms of error for Alex Neal and error on the board side. Um, you saw in one of Alex Neal's first interviews he had with the club saying that the chopping and changing the managers needed to stop. The sustainability of the club was the most important thing. And to get sustainability, you need a long-term project um, and a manager who's there with a squad uniting the whole club, the whole city, um, understanding the culture of the club and the city to be able to achieve long-term success. That was one of the big points he made when he first came in. And then less than six months later, he's out the door um, looking at a better financial package um, for a better deal. Um, so there's there's a lot of hip hypocrisy there. And you're also looking at a lot, probably a lack of respect as well. Um, I mean, you, you go back, what, 10, 15 years when, since the last time Sunderland had like a little sort of extensive period of managers we've chopped and changed since Steve Bruce and Martin O'Neill probably um, and we've never had that uh, that stability um, we're always an easy target when it comes to stuff like this whether that's players coming for big money when we were spending stupid in the Premier League then we had still been big spenders in the Championship in League One where players would come for money um, the board didn't have a clue. Uh, they only wanted money as well. Um, they just wanted to flip the flip the club for a profit. Um, so that did bring in disappointing managerial appointments, poor players, and they wouldn't really have a clue. And then we get to a point where 
we're starting to look on the up. And then as soon as, I guess, that bigger offer comes in, the, the manager straight out the door, the one that could provide success to us. Um, I mean, we were speaking a week ago saying that given a couple more signings, this, there's absolutely no reason why we're not in the playoffs this year. Um, because every every match we've played, we've outperformed every team. There's there's no reason why we haven't been able to beat any of these teams. And as far as I'm aware, and from what I've seen, there's been no reason why we can't play. We can't perform at the highest level, which I I don't understand. Like, why is money more important than um, the success? Like, if you if you get us up, your financial package is going to be higher in the Premier League. If you can do that immediately, I mean, I, I, I think I read that Alex Neal said the average age of a promoted team is 27 to 29. And we have a squad that's average age of 21. I can understand that from, from that perspective. But if you look at the Soap team, it's not, it's not brilliant. It's not amazing. You're not going to be able to perform miracles with it, really. Um, and if he got us up with this team... He gets a much better package in the Premier League next year or the year after. All he needed to do was just sit on it for a year and just let January happen, let next summer happen. When we see where we are in the division, see what we were achieving, see where we could uh, affect to um, implement the new players and to push us to wherever we need to be, um, which is my issue with Alex Neal. But then with the board, I think it's stupid that we even agreed to steal in the first place. A 12-month rolling contract with the clause of with a get-out-of-jail-free card. I think that was stupid from the board. You can say both sides were equally as happy with it, but of course Alex Neal was happy with it. He sussed the club out from the from day one. The, the fact that you offer a, a manager a 12-month rolling deal with that clause in it shows that he's already sussed the board out that they're weak and they, they're not really capable of doing the long term or they don't really know exactly as much as he does about how the whole market works um he was never looking at the long term with that clause in it uh, as much as he said like like it's come out recently that he didn't move to the area um he was never invested in the city or the culture you couldn't talk to him about things that were going on outside of the football football wise he was absolutely spectacular he was one of the best things you could have ever had but the actual buying into the culture buying into the city etc clearly was never a thing for him. So it's like you can put the put all the blame on Alex Neal for the disrespect he gave us and for the hypocrisy that he himself has uh, caused, but then the club giving him that get-out-of-jail-free card, the 12-month loan, and then not really wanting to break the strategy um, just so that it'd save a couple of pounds as well. I think sometimes you've got to break the budget and things like this. And this is a perfect example of where you've got a plan, you've got a strategy, but it's a mitigating factor that you bend the budget slightly, you overexpend in one area to, to give you that long-term success. Um, you can afford to spend the extra money and maybe not have as high of a quality of player if you have the quality manager. You, it doesn't matter how many players you have. You could have 11 world-class players, but if you don't have a world-class manager, you're not getting anywhere. Um, and that's something I don't think the board really realised. This this 12-month rolling contract, Michael, has been a, a bone of contention during this whole sorry saga. Christian Speakman, obviously, as mentioned, um, 
claimed yesterday that Alex Neal was happy with increased terms four weeks ago. We don't know the specifics, the ins and outs, but were Sunderland maybe a little bit naive not to tie Alex Neal down to a longer deal? Um, obviously, we don't know if Neil would have agreed to that, but it, it seems like, to me, perhaps Sunderland, as Dan mentioned, have left themselves open to this to a degree um, without you know expecting it to happen this soon. There's an argument for that, but for me, that the answer to that question fully depends on which party of the two wanted the longer the, the rolling term con, rolling contract. Sorry, twelve uh, month rolling contract. I'll get my words out properly. I do get the point Daniel's making, um, and I did say that I think, and I said this even in a group chat we're in that we sometimes you need to um, go a little bit higher than what you're willing to spend to get better. But my argument is, Alex Neil got a rolling contract at Norwich. He got an initial ruling contract at Preston. Now, granted, he was there for three years at Preston, but there was even reports in Preston, if reports are to be believed, of course, that he was willing to try and get open terms with West Brom, I think it was. So if I've made that up, I apologise, but I'm sure I've seen that somewhere. So that suggests to me that this is on Alex Neal's side rather than the club's. Um, and for Christian Speakman, again, we said earlier to come out on Sky and say that he signed a new deal four, week, four weeks ago. The only question I would have is, and you could argue towards the club is, was what was Alex Neal's initial contract like? So if, say, for example, Stoke tr were willing to say reportedly triple his wages, then was the contract he was on initially well below what Stoke were willing to offer him? And even doubling those terms are still well below what Stoke were willing to offer him. That's the only thing I could criticise of that and possibly criticise of the club there. But for me, this, this for me is Alex Neal wanting that contract, you know. And the fact is that just shows to me that... He must have been willing. I mean, I mean, why would look at it from a logically looking at it from a Sunderland point of view? Why would you let this rolling contract carry on if you're giving him a new deal four weeks ago? Why? Why is that clause in there? It makes absolutely no sense from Sunderland's perspective to put that in there. So for me, this is on Alex Neil. Alex Neil would have wanted this. Alex Neil would have wanted to get out of jail free card, in my opinion, as quickly as he could. And I think he's proved that. I think he's proved that the second someone becomes available. Is it any coincidence that he's left? Is it any co If he was that bothered by the way things were ran, why did he not leave in the summer? Why didn't he leave at the start of the season? Why is he waiting until now, a week until the end of the window, um, and to, and again, to leave 24 hours before a game? Um, I mean, look, if, if, the, if more reports come out to the contrary, then I'll have to hold my hands up. I'm wrong. But as of right now, to me, it looks like this is on Alex Neal and Alex Neal alone. I'm, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying I disagree with you, Michael, but... Just throwing it out there, myself, yourself and Daniel, we're all Sunderland fans. We see the potential. We love the club. We follow it day in, day out. We are, for better or worse, married to this club. Until the day we leave this planet, it means a great deal to us. Alex Neal is a professional football man. Um, he'll probably manage clubs after Stoke. Um, you know, that's his job. He doesn't have necessarily any affinity. Oh, yeah, he doesn't the have the emotional investment we do, yeah. He doesn't have the emotional investment. That's what I'm trying to get at. He's a, essentially a man who has been offered a better job in a more desirable area, according to him, um, with players he feels he could work with better, with owners yeah. that he knows, um, on a better deal. Uh, maybe sometimes, I'm, I'm hesitant to say over-emotional about these things because obviously football means a great deal, but sometimes do we do we get a bit too bogged down when you know, he's just a man who's gone for a, a better job. But we know football means more than that, so it's hard, isn't it? The, well, the, the, go on, Daniel, you talk the, first, go on. Yeah. 
Yeah, the thing is, if you put the, that position to any average man, his a, a company has come in for you. It's it's the same job, but with better pay, and um, I guess more closer to what you want to do, um, and what you, who you want to work with. Anyone would take it, and if you're lying, um, if you if you say you wouldn't, you, you you're probably lying, because ninety nine percent of the chance, if you're offered much better money, three times your salary to work with a, a group of people, a, a team that is uh, closer to what you're tailored to and what you're more suited to, that's the exact same job as what you're doing now. Everyone would take it, um, and that that's the thing from I guess stepping back from the football side of things and for the love of Sunderland that I guess people have to realise um, but the, Michael you were saying um, why wait till now Think of, the, the thing is I think of a football manager as another businessman he came down to League One and people would have questioned why is a Premier League level manager come down to League One he's got this massive club right he takes this massive club from bottling the chance of promotion, the bottling the chance of automatics. We're not in the not in the playoff places when he takes over. Um, no, no, sorry, we were third, but we were we were slipping. Um, but he's got this chance to take this massive club into the championship. That is a stock that uh, that adds to his um, portfolio. He's taken this massive club that has been in League One for four years into the championship. There's checkbox number one. Then you give it the start of the season to see how the club is performing and to see how the team is playing. Um, and from six points, six games, we were fifth in the league. That stock and that value that he's taken from a newly promoted League One team um, adds to his portfolio again. So he can then sell himself to other clubs and big, and probably clubs that can push for promotion um, at a faster rate than maybe what we expect to um, or what the vision of the, our board is. Um, because Stoke will be wanting to get to the Premier League ASAP. They they messed themselves over in their first season of the Championship, which is why they're stuck in their financial fair play. They spent too much in their first season trying to get that quick return. It didn't pay off. So now they need a manager that can do the job. He did it at Norwich, where he's got an experienced group of players. He just needs to fix a couple of things and take them to the Premier League. But he's been looking at our opportunity as a way to increase his value. After he left Preston, he was in a stagnant club um, that weren't pushing for anything, that weren't going to be able to get to the Premier League. That I, I can I highly doubt that that was ever in their real ambitions. Um, so he was a stagnating club, managed to get them top half of the table and in a very sort of middle area, but there was no progression for him. There was no way to, for him to get back to the top level, to the highest level. With Sunderland, he thought, Right, I'm going to restart my career, restart it again. I'll take this massive club to the championship, hopefully do well in the first couple of months. And then a club that real has real ambitions of the Premier League will come calling and they'll take me and they'll offer me more money because we can't afford to um, pay him those rates or we won't because of our strategy. That's probably the way we should be thinking about it. And as much as we hate it and as much as we think it's disrespectful and he uh, and that He's only doing it for the money and for his own benefit. Any man would uh, away from football. You would yourself if it, if you were in that position. And it just so happens it's our club, that, our club that we love, and we would give every blood, blood, sweat, and tear for, um, which is the problem. 
Just to sort of, sorry, James, if I could just respond no, to that. There was a, I'll respond to the, what Daniel said with the question he himself asked earlier. Is the, is the money more important than the success? Is the money more important than, because look at it, right, look at, I'll take emotion out of it, right? When Alex Neal took over, when Alex Neal started the season with Sunderland, Sunderland's stock is high enough in itself. The trajectory is up. Stoke's mood, you know yourself, if you were there last week at Stoke, the atmosphere was flat. The fans felt very frustrated. And they've got their own financial problems. Um, and what I think was it Neil Robert Lawson, obviously I won't read the last bit, but he basically said Neil's going to have to work hard at Stoke because a lot of their fans don't want him or at best underwhelmed. So straight away, you go to a club where fans aren't necessarily convinced by you, leaving a club where fans nearly universally adore you. Um, and again, Stoke's trajectory was down. You know, if you look at the mood around the club since Michael O'Neill left, it's also oh, in the days of, before Michael O'Neill left, it's not exactly great. Now, obviously, in football, as we know, things can change like that. So I might be proven wrong on that. But my argument is, if you look, even if you look at the atmosphere around the place yesterday, there was a more universal backing towards Alex Neal before he left. And if you're looking at it there, it, yes, you can say, oh, he might, is it more money? Yes, of course, you'd, you'd at least consider it with more money. But is more money worth your mental health? Is more money worth. I mean, personally for me, and I can only speak for myself, I would say, I can't imagine the contract he's on at Sunderland isn't exactly £2 an hour, is it? It's still it's still going to be on a fairly decent wage. So for me, when you're universally adored, and, and again, we've spent more money than Stoke in this window. Granted, probably not on wages, but in terms of outright fees, we can, we've got the power to do that. I would imagine we're probably in a more, well, I'd like to think we're in a more sustainable, sorry, more, more stable, a better financial picture than Stoke. But again, the reports about, uh, might come out as they see fit on that one. I, I just guess, question. I guess, Alex, I guess Alex Neil would argue that Stoke are coming from a, a higher starting base, whereas we're sort of you know squad members from League One. Maybe, yeah, and but but, it, but then I but then I would argue that you've still got the upward trajectory that we've got, as well as Stoke is still downwards. What if Alex Neil goes into Stoke is unable to succeed where uh, like when others have done? Now, granted, you can argue that with Sunderland, he got us promoted where managers had failed. I wouldn't be surprised if Stoke maybe made a push for the playoffs. But my argument is if he goes into Stoke where the atmosphere is not exactly very good and he fails, then he's blown it. But we don't the, know the that until is, he takes the chance, I suppose. The thing is, though, when when we were in the process of finding a new manager after Lee Johnson, a lot of fans didn't want Alex Neal. They wanted Roy Keane because of that previous connection. Alex Neal was sort of an unknown and fairly uh, very few actually wanted him at the club because they saw they didn't realise how good of a manager he was. Um, when he came in, he took us to the he took us to the championship, and we've loved him since. Um, the way the way I could see him choosing Stoke is the fact that he's got that experienced set of twenty three players plus the the quality youngsters like Liam Delap, like Tyrese Campbell, etc. So he's got those one-to-watch players, and then he's got that experienced core group of championship players that he can really work with and has got a lot of experience working with. Stoke's owners are filthy rich as though as well. So if they get into the Premier League this year, um, which I'm sure is probably one of their ambitions, the, the amount they can spend next year when their financial fair play embargo is lifted is could be instrumental. It could, it could be like Forest or Villa, etc., spending hundred, two hundred million pound on players because they're filthy rich. So that, to me, for Alex Neal, that's an exciting prospect. It's it's a group that's more tailored to him, group of players that he prefers rather than a, I guess, a long term project of having to allow these players that we've got to grow and to develop into quality players. Um, not saying that they already aren't, but to go from here like high level to even higher level. 
Um, it's that sort of bedding in period and that adjusting that maybe he didn't want that. Maybe he wanted the players to play with it now because Alex Neil always liked talking about what's happening right now, not what's happening in the future or what's happened in the past. He was always a player that was, uh, sorry, a manager that was, I only care about today's fixture. I only care about today's training. Um, he's not a person that really likes to look into the future and look at the potentials of where something could and couldn't go, how a player could develop or could not develop. Um, we could have players that go on to play in the Champions League in five years or could be sat in the National League. He doesn't. He never wanted to care about that. He wanted to look at the group of players he had, work with the quality he has right now, um, and that's Stoke. They've got an experienced championship qual uh, squad that in their training sessions today, in their matches on Saturday, he knows exactly what he can get from them. And that's probably, he doesn't like to beat around the bush. So that that's probably why I can see why he would go to Stoke, I guess. It's it's a real shame, but I guess Alex Neil is yesterday's news now and we have to start concentrating on the future. There was positives. Michael, in the loss to Norwich City yesterday, I thought the lads were really, really impressive. Did everything but score, really, and got beaten by a Norwich team who managed to bring on a loanee from a Premier League club alongside Todd Cantwell, who's been valued at 20, 30 million over the years, has Premier League experience, championship experience. And Pukki as well, he scored goals in the championship and Premier League. So I was very impressed with Sunderland. There was a new signing in the stands from PSG alongside Bennett as well, who's also made the move. Uh, exciting 18-year-old Costa Rican. Uh, the question remains, who do we want to replace Alex Neil? There's been a couple of names banded about. One of them in particular, Tony Mowbray, he's polarised an opinion just about as much as Alex Neil has done himself in recent hours. Uh, so it's, it's interesting times. What do you make of Tony Mowbray links, Michael? Because... I can I can see both sides of the argument. Um, he's obviously a, a Middlesbrough legend, which for a few people means something. Um, but he has got a lot of experience. He's got experience of getting out of this division before. Did very well with Blackburn Rovers last season. Could be a steady pair of hands. Um, but on the other hand, is he really that exciting? Does he really fit in with the model in terms of bringing through young players? Exciting, progressive. I'm not sure. So it's... A tough one for me and to be honest having just listed all of those factors I'm not actually really sure where I stand on it yet. I'm probably 60-40 in favour of Tony Mowbray coming in. I can get the argument that he's not particularly inspiring but I think when you've got to look at it and I know there's some people saying that you know obviously Sunderland don't want promotion. I would like I disagree with that. I think long term we will want promotion but we do have to remember we've just come up from League One. We've been in there for four years as much as people won't like it, or some people won't like it, we do have to consolidate. In my opinion, I don't think because I don't because I think expecting us to splash loads of money and try and go up straight away. What if that doesn't work? Then we're in a much worse financial state. We've got to build the base this season in particular, and maybe possibly next season. Realistically, it's not like an ambition for me. It's being realistic. Um, we've got to build the blocks and then go for it afterwards. For Tony Mowbray, as far as he's concerned. Um, I think I think I looked at his four finishes at Blackburn, and obviously Ben May just left them last season, so it's it, it, he's left fairly recently. I think we I think he's got some like two fifteenth place finishes, an eleventh place finish, and eighth place finish, while at the same time working at the similar model to what we've got. He's worked with Stuart Harvey at Blackburn before. It wouldn't surprise me if we could get Jean Paul Van Heck. I think that's his name. If we if, if Tony Mowbray came in, that could be a factor because Van Heck's worked with Mowbray last season. 
Um, so for me, I, I get it. I get he's not the most inspiring. He wouldn't be my number one choice, but I don't. I think he'd be far from a bad appointment. Just we've got to remember. I mean, people say we want experience. Well. Tony Mowbray, by definition, is an experienced championship manager, and that could be that in itself could win us a few points later on over the course of the season. So for me, I think for, for, I can only speak for myself here, but all I want is just a boring consolidation season. I'm sick of drama constantly with this club. I just want a nice, steady season and then build afterwards. Um, I'm trying. I mean, and there's a good chance that we're probably not going to get anyone. I mean, for me. You two might disagree. For me, the likes of Sean Dyche, I think, is not going to come here for a couple of reasons. One, because I think his wages will be way too much for the, the structure that we're on. And more importantly, the structure itself. Sean Dyche won, will want control. He wants to be a manager. He's worked predominantly as a manager. Uh, and I don't think he'll have that control here because we want a head coach, don't we? Not a manager. So, you know, I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. That's, that's what I want. I think Sorry, that's maybe... I think that's maybe something that Alex Neal has had in the back of his mind as well. You mentioned Sean Dyche and control and being a manager. I wonder if if Alex Neal sees himself as more of a manager than a head coach. Dan, there are a couple of other names in the frame. Uh, Chelsea coach Anthony Barry is a name who has been mentioned. We don't really know all that much about him. He's been linked alongside MK Don's boss, Liam Manning. If you compare the three of them, Tony Mowbray, Manning and Barry, uh, they're all very different and they all present very different risks. You would think Barry and Manning would present a very different risk to that of Mowbray. If Mowbray was to come in, I would be fairly confident Sunderland would be able to avoid the drop, drop and finish sort of mid-table, bottom bottom half of mid-table. Um, with Manning and Barry, I'm not saying they would definitely get Sunderland relegated far from it, but there's a lot more elements of the unknown in those two appointments for me if they were to come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if 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 we brought you know if we kept Alex Neil, for example, and we went straight to the Premier League this year, we would have to replace our whole squad next year, um, and that that would be an issue because you've got to get twenty three players that would gel um, for the Premier League. You've seen Bournemouth get battered nine nil yesterday, um, so it's a really tough ask to to do. So I agree with Michael that I want the consolidation first. I want the foundations to build on for the Premier League. I don't want to just go straight up and blitz it this league and then um, struggle next year. So um, when you look at uh, Liam Manning, you saw what he did with MK Dons last year. You saw how he um, how he transformed Scott Twine into one of the best players in the league. Um, so it, it's it's clear that he can work with the young players. And then MK Dons also had those couple of older players they get into went towards the end of their career that they that sort of they structured around to provide that sort of hand on the shoulder nurturing for the younger players so Liam Manning can work with a group of a team like we've got um but the step the question is he's not done it in the championship he's never been in the championship as far as I'm, as far as I'm aware we don't that's an unknown to us um, he's done well with MK Dons in the last couple of seasons um, and they were really unlucky to miss out on promotion. Um, so I, I wouldn't be opposed to him, um, but obviously we're taking a gamble that we don't have that championship experience or even Premier League experience in, in a manager. Um, and then uh, Tony Mowbray, we know exactly what we'll get with him. Um, Blackburn had one of the youngest squads in the league last year. Um, so... To, to consolidate, it's exactly what we need. We need a manager that won't take the shit. He knows how to work with young players. He knows how to develop them. Um, 
And really, at the start of the season, which manager is ever going to be exciting? Whichever, which manager is ever going to be um, sort of a, an overwhelming manager or a manager that we expect or we don't find underwhelming? It's the start of the season. Every club has a manager because you find few clubs sack their managers after six games, um, unlike Stoke. Uh, so it, it's a case of we, we've got a very minute market of of managers that are quality and of managers that we can actually afford or want to break uh, want to that will fit in our strategy of the head coach not a manager and not having the highest of wages in terms of other championship managers um and then that one from chelsea i i, I don't know i don't i really don't know enough about him to comment i mean he'd be a big gamble he's not been a first team coach he's worked with world-class players at chelsea and at belgium um, so he's got that experience of working under Thomas Tuchel. He's got the experience of working under uh, is it Di Matteo at Belgium, um, or whoever? No, sorry, Martinez at Belgium, or whoever is their first team coach, uh, Thierry Henry, etc. He's got that experience of working with those world class players. So it's a bit like Mikel and Arteta going from Man City to Arsenal in that respect. Um, so we don't know what he'll get with him. He'd be the biggest gamble um, for us. Um, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to either three of them. Um, they all have their own qualities. They are all, I, with with our squad, I can't see them doing anything that would get us relegated. Our, our team is too good. We've shown it in every match we've played. Um, in my opinion, we're unlucky to come away with the the draws and the losses we've we've been hit with. Norwich, especially Sheffield United, give us eleven players and we would at least take a point away mm. from them. Um, QPR 2 0 up till 87 yeah. minutes. And then even Coventry 1 uh, 0 up, and then they, they, their striker scores a wonder goal in the 87th minute or whatever it is. So any manager that comes in has got the foundations. They just need the fine tuning. They just need to understand the culture, buy into it, and we should do well. Um, so uh, there's not really a manager that I wouldn't really take. There's not a manager that could do any worse than what we're doing. In my opinion, it's just making sure that whoever comes in actually buys into the long-term project that actually just does want to be here for years, doesn't want to just look at us as a quick money opportunity and or a stepping stone for something else. That's all I care about, this, the stability, the sustainability, the long-term of it. I'm sick of chopping and changing every season or, or multiple times in the season of managers. I, I just want someone we can actually get behind that will understand us, that will allow us to get behind them for an extended period of time and doesn't cause us heartbreak. Or we bring in a manager like we did with Simon Grayson or Phil Parkinson, etc., where we already knew we had no, no chance of anything, any success in League One with them. Um, we just need a manager that doesn't take us backwards, really. Um, so mid-table, I'd, I'd absolutely bite your hand off for this season. I really do want to just consolidate start building the, the Premier League foundations in this league uh, over the next season or two seasons and then really go for it. Well, gents, thank you uh, very much for joining us. We will have all of the latest managerial news over on the Sunderland Echo website. This has uh, definitely been cathartic, uh, Michael. I don't know how you feel about it. It's good to uh, to get some things off the chest, I'm sure. Um, I do definitely feel a bit better having vented because, as, as you probably guys have known, I've been quite livid over the last couple of days. <laughs> so um, I think I think it's helped. This is it's it's kind of a retail therapy. It's calmed me down a bit. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> retail therapy. That's funny. Right? Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, Dan, thanks for, for joining us. Raw podcast debut. Always appreciate it. Gents, thanks for giving up your time. And yeah, head over to the Sunderland Echo website for all of the latest news and views. And once again, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>